All right, inappropriate Earl, back. Back for more, as the great Stephen Piercy from Rat would say. He'll be back for more. Rat's still touring. They finished out their legal problems with the drummer. Now they're back full force. And uh, I have a lot of people back on this podcast, frankly, because they're the only ones who can come back and do it. Uh, if you want to be a guest on Inappropriate Earl, you just have to have a working GPS system and an automobile. And uh, that about covers it. So today is uh, a special day because I have a dude on my couch I've known probably longer than anyone in stand-up comedy. This will not be a roast battle podcast because he has no affiliation or interest in roast battle. So this will be a stand-up and uh, he's working on a special cause. So it'll be a special episode. So get your dirty little fingers ready to clap for the great Yoshi. Obayashi. Hiya. <laughs> Earl, thanks for having me on the show. It, it, and special friend who will remain uh, anonymous until she feels she would like to chime in. I like to leave a little bit of mystery. <laughs> yes, she's she's going to be moving to LA and needs a job, so uh, listen to the podcast, please. Anyway, Earl, uh, it's not that I don't have an interest. I'm just... Um, it's a specialized skill, and you are tremendous at it. Uh, you are the Kingslayer. You beat Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Carr. A lot and, of people don't think I did, but uh, uh, let me let me let me tell you something. Um, I call him Kingslayer because uh, for those of you who follow games of Game of Thrones, Earl very much like Jamie Lannister. Uh, fuck Daisy's sister. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> you're you for those for those of you who listen to the show if you don't know Jimmy Carr is one of the biggest comedians in England and Earl just knocked him out let's just let's be well, let's be good, here you you beat him come on man well i had good strategy yeah uh, he probably had the better overall jokes to be completely honest but i think uh you know roast battle is not a straight joke writing uh it's a different skill. It's a different skill set. But performance and, yeah. is also factored into yeah. it. Yeah, and I think when you throw in the performance angle of it, I did beat him. Right, of course. Uh, and he's amazing. He's, he's amazing. He's good at dealing with hecklers. He's one of the best joke writers. But um, he wasn't dealing with some numb nuts from the audience. He yeah. was dealing with a killer, and uh, you won. Well, don't, don't be modest. Let's be. You won. So I don't I mean, care what you know. You know. It's like. I think and I like, I like Jimmy Carr. But oh, he's the best. Yeah, people think we don't like each other. Yeah. I, I mean, we would be good friends if we lived in the same country. Uh, but he's always very nice to me, and we had a, con a personal conversation yeah. about stuff. Uh, yeah, if, going on in my life that's not. Yeah, the he was good, he was a good sport. I saw the pictures. He smiled. Oh, he hugged me. Yeah, uh, he hugged me after, like when I was going back to the hotel. He sure specifically called me over, said, "Hey, great job." And yeah. So he, yeah, he, and he doesn't need roast battle. Yeah, I don't even know why he was in it. Like it's like he's Jimmy Carr, but he's a competitor. Huge. I mean, he's absolutely huge in in England. And uh, I just did a tour with Jim Norton, and the guy who was in charge of it, Brain, um, he was able to bring stand up comedy finally to Japan, and he brought Jimmy Carr. And uh, I don't remember the club in Tokyo, but they have comedy in Japan, but it's not stand up. So proprietor of the theater was concerned like i don't know who this is i don't know how many gaijin the foreigners will come he was really really concerned well 
It took him a while, but Brain was able to get、uh, rent a place. Jimmy Carr sold out completely every show. I mean, they were they were delighted. They couldn't they couldn't sell out that place like that on Tuesday, Wednesday slow nights, you know. So he is massive. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of stand up, you know how big it is. So I was very proud of you. I'm glad you did. Well, no one wanted me. No one expected me to win because、uh, he's you know he's who he is. So、uh, I, I was very happy because I remember some of the shittier rooms we did. So here's、uh, Earl doing this god awful rooms in in the valley. You have no other.、Uh, yeah, people. They're pretty、that. awful, horrible. And I horrible. was running most of them. And for him to go from there. To have the highest of the、uh, place on the TV, man, Earl, that that was incredible. I mean, it's it's, it's comedy version of WrestleMania for God's sake. Was、uh, I always say I'm the Buster Douglas of roast battle? <laughs> no one gave me a shot. No one expected me to beat Jesse Joyce to get into Montreal. He's like Comedy Central's number one roast writer. Right. He's a killer. Like.、Yeah. I won't name names, but A level comics were coming up to me before our battle. Going, you, dude, you're not going to beat him. He's good. Yeah, he's too good. He's like their number one guy. And, yeah,、uh, yeah. I just good strategy against Jesse, and、uh, and then the the gay guy I beat in the first round, Tom Ballard, who's、yeah. the best. He's like an amazing dude. I thought he beat Jimmy. You know, there's an untelevised season of roast battle. Yeah. It was called Jeff Ross's Roast Masters Invitational, <coughs> right? And I thought Tom beat Jimmy. Yeah. So I had the toughest bracket. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I thought Jimmy's gonna have a heavy hand, but I wasn't surprised because you and I are a big fan of '80s. We've seen all the Rocky movies and Karate Kid. You know, these are the narrative of a、uh, Hollywood and entertainment. And you know, I, and I've seen you roast, and like you were, ne- you're never intimidated by anyone in there. Let's be honest. Oh, I'm intimidated. I just don't. Oh, show were you?、Them. I, yeah, it's Jimmy Carr. He's got eight、oh, million Twitter. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but I mean, you have to. I've seen like- you. I, I, I've never seen you intimidated. Like this motherfucker is going to give everything he's got. So. Well, yeah. I mean, I.、Uh, you know, he's got eight million Twitter followers. <laughs> I have eight thousand. You know, not、yeah. that that's an indicator if someone's funny or not. Yeah. That's the way co- the comedy business works now. Is, you know, if you have more followers than this person, you're funnier. Yeah.、Uh, Yeah, I was intimidated to face Tom Ballard because、yeah. I thought Tom beat Jimmy、yeah. in the first season. So I'm like, wow! Even if I beat Tom, I got to get Jimmy. If he beat Christy Cielo, right? Who's very good. Like she, and I thought she almost beat him. Like that's the thing about roast battle is anyone can lose, anyone can win. It's any given Sunday. Yeah,、know? I mean, I lost to Whitney Rice, who'd never done a battle before. Right, and it was her only battle. I've only lost to women. I've never lost to a man. Okay. So、uh, you know anyone could win or lose. Frank Castillo, who won season two, he was、uh, in the L.A. Uh, uh, battling circuit. Yeah, have,、uh, the top fifty. He was number thirty-one. So it wasn't like he was the favorite.、Uh, it, you know, maybe, maybe I'm sure if if this is a redundant, but、um, you know, I just saw you a couple days ago again. Brian Ripman was nice enough to put me in the secret、uh, show. And- By the way, it's his birthday today. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. And、uh, happy birthday, happy birthday, Red Band. And I could not believe I was like a second to last. It was pushing three hours. What a fantastic, fantastic show! People stayed. You know, two hundred plus people stayed. We had、um, Ron Wai, Joe Rogan, but you know, m- maybe you could explain to people. I'm shocked how much Comedy Store has changed last three years. You know, because you go back five, six, seven years ago, it wasn't like this. It was the dark ages. It really was. I mean, it it, it was. And I don't mean ethnicity. 
And how does this roast battle thing, was it, is it coincidence or it's one of the things that helped the club back? Oh, absolutely. With, yeah. I think it was the first show that really broke out of the store in a decade. I mean. And then, and then of course, the, the, the Messiah returning, Joe Rogan oh, came yeah. back. Yeah. Well, that happened at the same time and then Joey Diaz came back. Yeah. And all these things wouldn't have happened if Tommy was still the talent coordinator. Yeah. Joe and Joey definitely would have. I've heard back. people say stuff I don't know. I had him on the podcast. Yeah. Twice. I, I, I don't know all the details, but I have to say he was he was nice to me. I mean, he won't give me any stage time, but he was nice to me. But um um I'm just I'm just glad the club is back and it's never for, been better. Uh, and the energy is great and it's always fun to see my friends. The people that people that I'm especially close to and uh yeah. It's great, man. I'm glad you're seeing you're on the Showtime show too. And um yeah, I mean it's uh, I'm dying up here. It's, it's a great show, especially if you're a comic. You get it, the cheating, the backstabbing, the the bitterness why this guy or girl get this gig and I didn't you know, uh, it's just it's the way it is. You know, I know uh, Jim uh, Jim Carrey is a producer. Have you met him uh, through that? I met him at the uh, premiere. He's very okay. cool. He's very, what I was impressed about the most is he shook hands with every waiter. Yeah, every uh, the, the the lowest ranking employee at Cantor's Deli, which is where the premiere or the after party was. He took pictures with the dishwasher. Yeah, you know, and it was just like, you know, you're around celebrities a lot. You know, some of them I, aren't I, so nice. Um, I met him at the Tonight Show. Usually, after the if you have access to green room, after the show, you stand outside of the uh, <coughs> parking of the celebrities. You could take a pictures, and there was a quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of people. And usually, when stars see a couple of people, they don't have problem. But that particular day, there must have been forty people. He stayed, took picture with everyone, and. He, there's a very much a very sweet kindness to him, but did you also notice there's there's a bit of a seriousness and like little <laughs> sadness to him? You know, I mean, at least I, mean, I, I don't I, know that part of him because you know I, not, I sense sense a little bit of that, but he seems like amazing. I mean, typical Canadian actually. Yeah, very small nice. town. Yeah, like Toronto, I want to say, and or a suburb of Toronto, and like lived in his van. Yeah, know, made no money for years, ten years. Supported his family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, living in the car. Yeah. I mean, then, you know, just uh, got in living color. I mean, he had done a few movies before that. You know, I think Once Bitten. Yeah. Where he played the vampire and uh, uh, Deadpool. Yeah, he was in the Deadpool as Johnny Squares. Yeah. Uh, of course, small, you would know that. Small part, but uh, I think people just. Eastwood love when he, he when he does his impression of Eastwood, you know? Yeah. Oh, he's. And his Axel Rose <coughs> impression is amazing because he does the little snake dance yeah perfectly and uh i mean he deserves everything he's getting and uh you know hopefully he gets a season two and can continue i'm sure he will i mean showtime's really good about bringing shows yeah back i mean for it's multiple doing years. well yeah I and mean, they you know the sets haven't been taken down which is a great sign you know usually when a shows like you know uh up in the air they all right you guys can get rid of those yeah they're still there so uh, but I'm number 82 on the call sheet, so. <laughs> You're higher than that, come no, on. No, I'm really not. That was my number. So, uh, you know, I'm a recurring character. I'm not trying to overblow my role on the show, but uh, I was never made to feel like I was a recurring character. It was like the main cast would 
always call me over to eat with them and you know it's a family uh feeling on the set like just like comedy store yeah yeah just like roast battle i mean roast battle everyone helps everyone out you know if you have a battle against you know me let's say people hey this is uh, i know earl stop with this girl sure or you know earl's parents died you might want to say that to throw them off i mean it's it's a family show. It doesn't seem like it when you're giving dirt. You know, hey, I think this guy has AIDS. I want to throw that in. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. the, nothing is uh, left unturned in roast battles. So yeah. If your mom died last week, there's going to be a joke about yeah. it. Yeah. If you had uh, a miscarriage, there's going to be a joke about it. You know, and it's, you just, you know, when you sign up for roast battle, you know what you're signing up for. Right. So. Yeah, it's it's incredible that you could do that because, you know, doing regular stand up is a different skill set. Doing roast battle is absolutely different, just like hosting. You know, yeah. so, um, what do you, what do you, wh- where are you now? Like, you're you think you're just equally good at you're great at both, or uh, if if you have to choose one over another, what? Do you, I mean, do you like one better than the other one? I mean, sometimes my heart's not in battling because I don't like saying mean things about my friends. Yeah. You know, I don't like saying mean things about Jimmy Carr. It's like he's one of the most successful comics in the world. Or, you know, my last battle was against uh, Benji Aflalo, who I'm very good friends with. Yeah. He's great. Great comic, great writer, great person. Yeah. Like when I was struggling at the store, you know, probably seven, eight years in, getting nothing there. He was like, hey, anytime I'm hosting, come on, I'll get you on. He can't, he, you know, like I'm hosting this Monday. Yeah. It's a brutal job because you have to bring up literally 60, 70 comics. Right. So all your friends are like, hey, can I get time? And it's like, well, I got to bring, literally have to bring up right. 60 people before I can even think of bringing you up. Sure. Uh, and everyone runs a light. So it's like, you know, I think last time I told about <laughs> seven or eight people to swing by and I'll do yeah. my best, got up one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hosting's a different skill. You know, roast battles like I liken it yeah. to uh the slam dunk competition in the NBA. You know, the best slam dunker in the league yeah. usually isn't that good of a player. You know. And I think that's the same. A lot of the best battlers aren't great comics. Be- because um does this make sense to you? Sometimes if you're an actor, you play in a very dark character for a long time. Some of them kind of honestly say it does affect me playing these roles, right? So I I wonder sometimes if you're doing a roast or those Comedy Central ones, um, you're saying these things. They're hilarious. Because I was really surprised. I mean, one of the interview, Whitney Cummings said, I think she said something like, le- reflecting later on, it kind of bothered her a little bit because it does take you to a dark place, you know? And like sometimes, comedians have actually feelings too, you know? Like if you say something mean, looking back, because... What is the thing that Amy said after uh, Steve O? I can't remember. Steve O's friend got in a car accident. And, right. and, um, I think Sarah Silverman or, 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 or somebody says something about Patrice O'Neill's. He only had a few more months to live and he actually died a couple months later, you know. Right. Um, well, you know, if you sign up for Roast Battle and, yeah. or a Comedy Central Roast, it's kind of different. I mean, they're different because in a Comedy Central roast, you're paying tribute to someone. Right, right. Uh, even, I'm sure, the Patrice O'Neill joke at the end of that set, you know. It, it did seem like a little bit of a, cro- a crossing the line, seems. Uh, but I don't think, you know, it, it, you know, it's like uh, 
Peyton Manning was the on the last one, so the Rob Lowe roast. Yeah, he knew what was going on. He knew someone was going to have a, you know, a Tennessee uh, sexual harassment. Right, right, right. right. And like he signed up for yeah. it. Uh, you know, I sign up for uh, you know, like in, in roast battle. I'm the I think I'm the oldest roaster. I'm 48, so I I sign up for age jokes. I don't like hearing them, but you know. Uh, I think the for a white guy, you age really well. I, I'm, 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 I'm really surprised. Well, I mean, I moisturize a shit. I, mean, <laughs> I buy a lot of fucking bullshit serums, uh, creams, elixirs. Uh, and you live in a gay area, so you must have a lot of uh, beauty tips. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, you gotta like. <laughs> just, I'm the only straight guy in my building. I mean, you saw the two guys in my pool just now. Literally, you could see the AIDS forming in the pool. <laughs> That's a gay Tim. And I, gay I was, you know, what? I'm not going to use the what word you use. I was surprised how casual you were, and they laughed about it. So, but you, I'm, you yeah, know, they think, know you. But it, I call them fags for uh, <laughs> my two gay neighbors. Yeah, but it was they're funny. ripped, by the way. Oh yeah, well, that one guy is like 65 and shredded. What? Yeah, the old. I mean, you know, the, yeah. So, Are you serious? But it goes almost back to roast battle where you could say anything, and if it's funny. People will laugh. Right. Same thing with the roast. Uh, I guess I think that the fine lines, you, you go far enough, but not be malicious. Well, yeah. you can be malicious, but it has to be funny. Okay. Okay. You know, like, gotcha. Like Gilbert Godfrey's joke. I forget what roast it was, but I think it was Hugh Hefner's roast. And it was the first roast after 9-11. It was literally two weeks after 9-11. And it was in New York. Oh, this and, is a famous one. And yes. it was late. I think he was late. He's like, "Hey, I'm sorry. My plan had to stop off at the Empire State Building. <laughs> you know, two weeks. Yeah, the greatest tragedy this country's ever seen. In the city, it happened. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's a funny joke. It's a funny joke. And New York is a very strong city, and they know how to bounce back. Yeah, and so it's like, uh, and what was a Louis C.K. joke about? When does one start to masturbate after 9/11? <laughs> Between first and the second building, I think that's what he said. Um, that's a funny joke. <laughs> it's, it's a funny horrible. joke. Uh, so you know, it's. I mean, roast battle is a little different because you're trying to yeah. temporarily upset the other person. You're. I mean, it's a competition. Yeah, I couldn't do it, but when you I, could though. Well, you're but, just but, as nice as I am, and I found uh, a way to do it. And, and, but when I watch it, these guys are wordsmith. They know they. They definitely do a lot of studies and find out what whatever the insecurity weakness of that person, and they verbalize it in a very sharp, like a swordsman like maneuver, and just let that guy have it or her have it. And um, like Sierra, Sarah Tiana, I was surprised she's very good at it. She's a very sweet girl, absolutely funny girl, but um, but she's on the, on the stage a killer. Yeah, oh, tigress. she beat me. You know that's uh, you know I that. Strategy-wise, I was like, well, I can't really do any age or weight jokes on her because Sarah Silverman's judging their friends. Oh, oh, so oh. I was like, ah, yeah, it was a big mistake. I should have done it. You should have done it, yeah. But, you know, it's live TV. You just don't, you know, I mean, looking back, I would I would have gone after a lot harder. Uh, You're right. I think Judd it's, Apatow it, was going to vote with Sarah. Kind of like how in my battle against Jimmy Carr, Seth Rogen, I think, was going to vote with Jimmy Kimmel. So if, if Jimmy voted for Jimmy Carr, right? You know, Seth would have. Uh, so uh, you you have to be like Mayweather, just a cold blooded. Well, I'm a counter puncher in yeah. terms of roast battle. Yeah. Like I 
If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. Like, I see. I have probably uh, for each battle, and I don't battle a lot anymore, mainly because I don't have to. Yeah, like you they see, know you. I mean, you won. You know what but I mean? But I mean, you see some of these people in the LA scene; they've got like close to twenty battles. Yeah, uh, I I don't have to. I I can be a little more selective, uh, you know. But so I mean, I know it's your pocket, but this is really interesting. So you have a strategy for each opponent, yeah. like so. So with Sarah, that, that, does, I, it, does it really matter if who goes first? Like, because oh, if, absolutely. So if other guy, other guy, other other guy, or oh, a lady goes first, uh, what what determines like what direction you would go with the company? If they go really malicious in person at you, how how would you handle that? Well, like it's, my battle with Jesse Joyce. Okay, I, I knew it was the greatest strategy <laughs> on earth because it worked to perfection. Yeah. Uh, He's a wordsmith. Like mm -hmm. he's an amazing writer. He's a great comic. Super right. nice dude. Uh, you know, but I knew his jokes would be long, and so I made him go first. Yeah. Or I shouldn't say I made him. I mean, he could have said no, but you look like a total pussy. Like if you and I are battling. Yeah. And I'll say, well, Yoshi, you should go first. Yeah. If you say, why don't you go first? You look like a pussy. Right. So it's always important to get that out there. Um, so it's like a chess, like a uh, oh, absolutely. Each thing dictate how you counteract. It's, it's okay. like MMA, yeah. You know, uh, so you say you go first, then the guy go. Uh, and he the, did his first joke was like really long, right? Like, long winded, unusually okay. long. Um, I mean, it was so long at one point. Joe Rogan stopped him, and Joe's a ju Joe was a judge, right? He's like, dude, that's like three or four jokes. He's like, no, it's not. And Joe was like, yeah, it is. And I was just like, be quiet. Don't I don't know anything about roast battle, but arguing with the judge, probably not a good. Oh, I didn't say a word. And then they were like, well, Earl, it's your turn. And I just looked at Jesse and I was like, well, that joke lasted about as long as your first marriage. <laughs> it's not the greatest joke, but. It, no, it gets the point. It yeah. It gets the point. And then. And the crowd loved it. The crowd blew up. And he didn't think that was my joke. He thought that was just a rebuttal. Uh, and I was like, that's it. Your move, mate. Yeah, and uh, he, his second joke was, he was a little thrown off, and then I hit him with a KO shot, uh, and this probably crossed the line. But I did ask him before the battle. I'm like, "Is there anything you don't want me to talk about?" Oh, and so you're a gentleman, right here? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he said, "No, you hit me with whatever," and he knew what I was asking because his best friend was Greg Giraldo. Yeah. So. Oh man, he knew what yeah. was coming. Yeah. Uh, but so I, my second joke was uh, now this is a year ago, so I might be getting it a little off. But I was like, oh, no. uh, <laughs> I love this. I'm really nervous to be up here right now. I mean, Jesse is Comedy Central's number one roast writer, and I start walking over to him, and I'm like, his jokes kill Greg Giraldo. And I look. <laughs> I looked right at him, and it just, you could see him deflate. And if you don't know, Greg Giroto, one of the greatest stand-up overdose. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, it's like I kind of felt bad doing the joke, but it's like, you know, against Tiana, that cost me, because I didn't want to, she's not fat or old, but, you know, looking back, I should have. Yeah, you have to go for kill. You have yeah. to go for the kill. You have to go kill. I you mean, know, when Benji went up against me, he had a joke about, uh, Leroy, my caretaker, who was like the first person to die in my life that made me cry. Yeah. It, it was, affected me a lot. And, uh, you know, Benji did a Leroy joke. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's blood sport up yeah. there. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, uh, 
you know, uh, if I come back for season three, uh, you know, if I'm lucky enough, uh, sure, I'm going to be uh, probably meaner than I've ever been. Yeah, the hesitation in anything is going to backfire on you. Because Tiana, either- mm-hmm. she jumped on me. Like, yeah. she made me go first. Yeah. Because she, I won't say who told her, but someone put it in her ear, make her all go first. She's mm-hmm. never gone first before. Yeah, I would have said ladies first. Yeah. I would Well... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I was so thrown off. If you go back and watch our battle, she yeah. said something to the effect of Earl go first. And I like mumbled. I'm like, uh, oh, me? Uh, you want to go first? Like I was like stuttering. Yeah. And, yeah. and my first joke was pretty, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, and I thought Sarah Silverman would love it because it's like a cute abortion joke. Yeah. I'm like, you know, uh, Sarah Tiana is going to grow up and be a great mom. She's great with kids. And one day her kids are going to look up at her and go, mommy. How come we don't exist? And you know, yeah, it's it's okay. It's a good joke, but it didn't kill. Roosevelt, you got to kill. And then she jumped on me with her reply. Like there are like young boys pictures. He has plenty of them on his hard drive. And then I didn't have really a great comeback yeah. for that. And and it just, uh, you know, I mean, the rest of the battle was fairly even, but. You know, you get one bomber joke out there and the other person has one semi-bomb, you're, yeah. you're toast. So if you go uh, go back, uh, you, should, you should say, you, Sarah, you go first. And then just be ready to just knock her out, right? I mean, Well, she's tough. I mean, she's very good at rebuttals. Yeah. And it's tough. Uh, I love how we said we're not going to talk about roast battle. It's like we've talked about it for a half hour. But it's such an engaging show. No, yeah. Uh, it's tough when a guy faces a girl because, like... Um, but believe me, I made those mistakes too because sometimes a woman could talk during the show and I have made a mistake calling him cunt and the whole room go against you. So when you're dealing with a woman, you have to do it in a way where you specifically tell her what she's doing wrong without losing the audience. And I've learned to do that, but you're right. Um, even well, if, if you even if you went, you don't want to be uh, remember after the show as like this horrible guy either. So yeah, it's... Well, it's like when I battled with Olivia Grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, she at the time and probably still is one of the better, if not the best roaster. Like, she's a killer. Yeah. Uh, and she's so good at rebuttals. Um, and when we battled... It, so uh, you would call her like a uh, counterpuncher version. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. she's the ultimate counterpuncher. Yeah. Uh, and she's actually who I learned to battle from. Because I think Comedy Central at one point was looking at me going, this guy's really funny, but we can't have that character on TV. It's right. Just, we got a thing called sponsors. Yeah. Uh, so when I started to like look at certain people who battled, trying to figure out how I would want to do it, uh, she had a battle <laughs> once against this. Uh, I won't. I mean, if you follow roast battle, you know who the battle is. But I don't want to like mention. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she had a battle against a girl who just went at her with fat jokes, and um, Olivia was very prepared. Yeah. For the fat jokes, and she's not fat, but. Uh, or she wasn't fat at that time, but she's she was a little bigger, I guess. So, uh, you know, she turned her biggest weakness into the other strength. person's weakness. Because yeah. uh, the first fat joke was pretty generic. You're just fat. Yeah. And she just looked at it and goes, you're just mad my sweater has more material than you do. <laughs> and it's just like, how do you, what do you yeah. say to that? Like. You know, and then uh, this, there's a second fat joke that kind of didn't do that well, and, and, and yeah. Olivia had another rebuttal. So that's how I battle. Yeah, you know, and that's why I like going second. So uh, you know, I think I could have beaten Sarah if she went first because I would have had a 
I've just been yeah. blessed with a quick rebuttal mind. It, it seems like you have to do, it's like you really are like a football team where you have to get your offensive shit ready to go, but just look at yourself completely honest and look at all the weakness that they're going to come at you and you have to have a countermeasure for every one of those, right? Yeah. And, and don't hesitate. And it's tough when the judges are a friend with a friend That's of tough. whoever you, yeah, but- um. But she, it, Sarah beat me. Yeah. Uh, Tiana beat me. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, the first joke just didn't work. Yeah. Um, but next time, if, if you could redo re, Oh, I would redo, hit her. You would just hit her hard yeah. and just let her have she's going to hit me hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike Lawrence's first joke against her in the finale was an age joke. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just the way and it, he won. Did she, so, so she lost in the final? She lost to Mike Lawrence. Okay. And then I beat K. Trevor Wilson. <laughs> who's a super funny Canadian comic yeah. and like the nicest guy on earth uh, for third place. So uh, good job. Yeah. I mean, he's, I was more proud of beating him than I was Jimmy. Cause yeah. K Trevor Wilson in Canada is a God. Like, okay. He is like, uh, he's just so known up there and he's just, well, like, I'm happy, man. I, I just happy when I heard it, I was really, really happy. Yeah. Cause that shit is not easy with a name like that. And I, I, I'm glad he did it. I was really oh, happy, man. Good Jeff Ross and, and, um, and uh, Brian Moses. I owe him a lot. You know, got Showtime saw me through that show. Uh, Tyler, the creator, uh, <laughs> saw me at a roast battle. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've gotten a lot from the show. It's like you can, uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a show in 17 years of doing stand up where it's helped so many people. It's literally helped over 100 comics. It's, right. Pat Barker got a HBO writing gig from it. Uh, yeah. You know, I've gotten what I've gotten from it. Uh, you know, Olivia's gotten a lot of good things from it. Uh, Mike Lawrence uh, <laughs> is now known as like this amazing roaster. Yeah. Uh, you know, Frank Castillo, you know, he went from comedy store door guy, uh, you know, to we're roast battle champion and uh, management. And yeah. Even uh, Whitney Rice, who was uh, the, my hater with me when, when I brought in a, you know, a girl, she got signed to major management was in that Amazon show uh, with Kelsey Grammer. So I'm not saying roast battle got her that, but <laughs> she got the manager who got her that. Sure. So it's helped like, I, I, you know, I've never seen a show like this, you know, I mean, you know, and it's still going strong. I mean, it's the other night I went up there for the first time in like four months because I took a little high. It's on every Tuesday, right? Every Tuesday, and it's still packed. It's it's crazy when you drive a comedy show on Tuesday. Just yeah. the lines. You, it's, it's, it's impossible to park near anywhere. And uh, even it, like <laughs> I get to park in the lot, and there's some nights I still can't park in, on Tuesdays. I yeah. can't park in the lot because you've got, you know, the lineups are incredibly packed uh, with A level you know yeah. comics and then roast battle you've got three or four a-level judges you know jeff brings his celebrity friends so sure. you've got that whole group i mean it's it's wildness and if you're if you're i mean you, you're just this is not your first time yes yes let's bring our uh now is a uh yoshi introduce your sidekick sidekick hello wait am i saying your name right because I, i'm coughing on that mini right and mina mina sorry yeah. and i'm uh, sorry and um we just met, what is it, a couple, two, day, two nights ago? Um, I know we've been, you listen to the podcast and uh, you're visiting, for, this is like third time, second or third time visiting LA? Second time, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you're, you're very, uh, you're kind enough to go, come to that show Wednesday and 
Uh, I saw you after the show. We talked, and uh, yeah, how, I mean, what's your impression of Comedy Store? Um, you know, like I know you've been there before, but what what was it like for you? Like Wednesday when when you show the show? Um, it's kind of, it's just for a comedy fan, it's like no other place. It's mecca. It's really cool to just go to a show and see everybody out on the patio, just hanging out, see comics as normal people. Yeah. Um. And then because you, we we were driving over here, you were telling me like you couldn't believe. I was shocked. She only paid ten dollars to see Joe Rogan and Ron White. Not to mention other heavy hitters, excluding me on the show. But um, you know, and and any given night, you you meet a cool guy like Earl in a patio, and um, and he was kind enough to invite you. You know, because it's not my place. You know, but you. Yeah, we both thank, thank you. you for uh, for you to do that. Oh yeah, I mean you, the the thing is that the. The lineups are so strong there that even if you like go into the showroom, like when you went in, it was seems to what, close to one a.m. or it's pretty late when you went in. It, you're still going to see two or three great comics. Yes, like, uh, there's a lot of uh, comics who have yet to be discovered, like uh, you know uh, Sandro uh, Iacolano, um, you know uh, Joe Dosh. Yeah, uh, you know I, I don't want to say me, but you know me, and you know so it's. It's not like at the end of the, the night the lineup falls off where you're seeing some wacky open mic or like back in the day. And the patio is just fun, kind of fun to hang out because you don't know any given night somebody might show up, you know? Yeah, Chappelle could show up yeah. last minute. You know, and he there's, does. There's the, yeah, there's the back. <laughs> he literally show up and go up and do a couple hours. At 1.30 yeah. he'll show yeah. up. Um, but he's real cool. Like he'll say, is anyone else left on the lineup? And he'll let them go up. And Yeah. Um, you know, how he's he very approachable. I made him through Russell Peters and like I've seen him in comedy seller and i'm talking with david taylor he just come up and share cigarettes and they're smoking and say, hey what's up and yeah that's like a regular guy with an unbelievable amount of talent and fame you know oh he's like probably the best you know it's at the worst second best i don't know who i mean maybe prior but like uh you know he's if you, you see him in the kitchen some nights at the comedy store you think he'd work there like in the kitchen like he's just very cool and you know uh I'm a little biased because he's married to a Filipino girl too. So like, he's, he's, he's <laughs> shut up. Oh no! He seems like a very, very uh, well versed with Asian culture and seems very friendly to us. You hey. know? <laughs> yes, hiya. Well, we bonded because his mentor was a New York comic by the name of Charlie Barnett. Who? It's the saddest story. Like Charlie Wait, Barnett was like the and Jeff Ross knew him too. Like, oh my God, did he die from AIDS? Yeah. Oh, that. Why do I know that? I know all things AIDS. I'm sorry. And I'm not just in. <laughs> but I mean, he, a lot of people don't know his story. And it's so sad. Uh, if you're a Miami Vice fan, he played the character of the Nug Man. That's right. You know, with uh, they would usually pair him with Martin Ferrero, who was <coughs> Izzy. And they would have Izzy. Yeah. You know, they were probably in like maybe uh, 10 to 12 episodes overall in five years. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of a lot. Kind of like my character and I might. I'm dying up here. It's like, you're in a couple of episodes here and there. Uh, and I, th I think if I remember, didn't he used to do a show in just like Washington Square? Yeah. Like, yeah. He was like the only comic to ever completely full Washington uh, Square in New York, which, you know, it's like pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. It's and, not too far from uh, the legendary Boston club that disappeared, but um, comedy still is not on the bleaker right there. Yeah. And he, uh, uh, 
he had an audition for SNL. He got to all the yeah. final stages, and he didn't go to the last one because he couldn't read. Yeah. So I think someone said, hey, you're going to have to read some scripts for this right, right, thing right. or whatever, and uh, he didn't go, and Eddie Murphy got it. That's right. That is, yes, I remember this now. I mean, that's how good he was. He yeah. was running in the same race with Eddie Murphy. So, so wasn't it, like, correct me if I'm wrong, um, young Chappelle met him, kind of learned stand up some of the stand up yeah. and, and like he was a mentor to him right oh absolutely yeah i mean even in the did you know him oh no no i, oh. I, I mean I, I was i discovered him in uh miami vice and he was in that pretty bad movie but it's kind of a cult movie now dc cab, cab i remember uh mr t's in it mr t bill yeah. maher yes i think it might have been bill maher's first film role uh <coughs> uh the barbarian brothers david and peter paul yes gary Busey. Uh, I saw Bill Maher once in the OR at the comedy store. And everyone's kissing his ass, and he looked at me like, "All right, you say something to me now, too." I'm like, "Hey, I loved you in DC Cab." What are you saying? He kind of looked at me like, "Fuck you." <laughs> He's not friendly, is he? That's my impression. Friendly if you're black and a woman. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't really. I don't. He was very friendly because a lot of black porn stars at Tonight Show. Yeah, I bet. He. <laughs> Who Lexington Steel? <laughs> no. Castro. Uh, Marie Dingo. Uh, what, what was her name? Vince Voyeur. <coughs> yeah, she's she's extremely pretty black porn star. Marie, I can't remember her last name now. TT Boy. No, Marie, and um, she's tall. She's very pretty. Not anymore. Um, no, I I think she's one of the few actually aged really well, especially black girl. And um. She but yeah, he, he was cool to her. I didn't. I say, Bill, could you take a picture with her? He turned around and saw the pretty black look. She goes, "Oh, come here, sweetheart." Took oy, a picture. Oy, 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 didn't oy. take a picture with me. But anyway, um, well, he probably thought you were the fucking extra from Missing in Action. <laughs> <laughs> Earl is the master of reference in IMDb, man. Chuck you, Norris. <laughs> so, um, so let's get into the cause uh, you're here for. Oh. Um, so, you know, Yoshi is a wacky comic. You know, he, you know, if you saw his act, you're like, this guy wouldn't care about anything but pussy and porn. And and he, he actually has a really cool cause right now. He's promoting. No, it's not double anal. Well, I'm, 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 I mean, you know, oh, it is double anal. My bad. I'm, I'm as a performer at Jekyll and Hyde because on Wednesday I was shocked how receptive I think they were. They liked the show, but I think the audience are pretty receptive. And uh, it went really, really well. But next day, when I do the same act in San Francisco Cubs, a lady <laughs> at the tail end of it, she goes, just stop. So like, you know, my material is not for everyone, but Comedy Store, fantastic. You know, when you have a heavy hitter like Ron White and Joe Rogan, the crowds are there for, uh, for a specific kind of comedy and you don't have to censor. So great show so i'm ahead in the miss you know it depends on the audience but um but death squad fans are like i think every they're all they're just uh, savages as joe would call them they're great but they're, they're like, not babies they're not gonna cry cried about jokes about you know dead baby jokes with or you know i mean they're like the ideal fan for like you and me and, oh for and sure like Hinchcliffe, obviously yeah oh they love well. him i mean when brian yeah, I mean, Red Burke Kreischer, Joe, uh, Joey Diaz, Tom Segura. Ari you know? Shafir. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ari is killing it with that uh, new uh, Netflix specials. Yeah. Um, so um, I travel 
I, I, I've been traveling a lot last five years and uh, in conjunction with my podcast, which I don't do anymore. And I do other better podcasts like yours and Tom Segura. But um, I've been working for this magazine called Illegal Magazine in Copenhagen, Denmark. Uh, we have a sister office in London, and now I'm the U.S. representative. But it's called Illegal Magazine, not because immigration issues. It's a magazine to help uh, people with addiction problems, uh, articles are written by addicts and former addicts or people who are uh, supportive of uh, drug users. And we're trying to end uh, uh, WAD, War on Drugs. So um, I thought you meant Johnny WAD. <laughs> yes. Um, um, I wrote an article for this month's issue of Illegal Magazine. Uh, it's an article about me doing medical testing. So I do, if I don't make enough money doing comedy, so I do, I'm a Who human genius. Uh, I do human guinea pig work and uh, I make pretty decent living money doing that. So um, I travel through the world through stand up or with my personal uh, finance to travel over the seas. So I've been traveling different countries, figure out different drug policies. I was able to go to Canada first time in 12 years and I visit uh, Van Du, which is Vancouver area network of drug users. And uh, it's the only place in North America where they have a legal drug injection rooms, helping people with addictions, prevent the spread of STD and drug overdose, it works. Everywhere in the world I've been to have a more decriminalizing drugs, stop the drug wars, uh, they're treating drugs as uh, health problems. And uh, it's unfortunate, but America ha have a terrible policy regarding drugs. And uh, uh, they do everything opposite of what you should be doing to help drug users. So uh, August 10th, 8 p.m., Laps Unlimited in Sacramento. I'm producing my first illegal comedy, illegalcomedy.com. Esther Kuz, the headliners. We'll show a couple of clips from what the magazine does. Uh, we have a bunch of comedians on it, myself included. And after the show, we'll sell illegal magazine. But uh, we're going to do Phoenix on November 11th. And I talked to Sam Tripley, one of the great uh, veterans of Comedy Store, to do uh, illegal comedy, hopefully in comedy store next year. But uh, I'm not trying to make money doing this. I'm trying to promote the idea uh, that we should try to try to try, treat drug issues as a health issue, try to end the drug war. And after the show, I just saw the magazine and um, trying to get this program going. And like, you know, eventually I would like to have more people volunteering, like uh, in England and Denmark, because none of us make money doing it. I literally use, use my blood money to go back and forth, bring magazine and trap help people with the drug issues. And, uh, you know, these are like your brothers, sister, mothers, father, grandparents, your aunties, your friends. And uh, these people are hurting and we shouldn't treat them like uh, bad people. They're wonderful people that need our support and love, not condemnation. There's crazy drug laws in, in uh, America. So um, they could have, Contact me, dumbyoshi at gmail.com or yoshiobayashi on Twitter or Instagram. Spell uh, Yoshiobayashi oh, on Twitter. Y-O-S-H-I-O, B as in boy, A-Y-A-S-H-I. That's my Twitter and Instagram or dumbyoshi at gmail.com. Um, I'm on the Facebook. And, I bet. Uh, I bet you are. Yeah. And anyone who has idea for articles, we uh, I'd love to hear from you. If you have art idea, video clips, um, you know, I'm just looking for other volunteers and hopefully within a year, I like to pitch to, I have friends in Vice on Netflix where I would like to film it, where we have 
you know, I, I know my host will be one of the comic, but having someone like Sam and you and people that I like do a show and and, and, and present it as a comedy special, uh, whoever takes it. But I, I think people know that this opiate problem is, I don't know what makes epidemic, but it is. It's like pornography. When you see it, you know it. 2015, we lost 30, 35,000 people in overdose. Last year, it, it, it was hovering 70,000 and it's going to get higher and higher. And, you know, not, we know 9-11, about 3,000 plus Americans died. We're talking 70,000 people last year. And it's, it's just going to get worse. And even, even the police, the wiser police chief, some of the police chief recognize the policies are not working. We need to treat this. Uh, we really need to have a serious conversation about legalizing and stop prohibition. And unfortunately, Seattle just failed to pass drug injection room and uh it's a very um you know greg Giraldo, mitch hepberg uh, i only met him once but harris widow very talented comedy writer we are losing our brothers and sisters in the comedy world and music world i mean like yeah music is music too oh but and uh um i mean and in real life like forget, sure know, like and um you know they, they had this experiment years ago and i think like uh, anti-drug users always use it as example to attack drugs and drug users they have this uh, studies where you have two bottles of water one is full with water another one's full with water with heroin or cocaine or both in a cage with a rat eventually the rat will use the water with drugs and eventually get, uh, become addicted and died and people just assume like see once you're addicted there's you can't get out of it well, Bruce Alexander, professor from Vancouver, Canada, where all this injection rooms at, he did experiment, I believe, in the 70s where, what, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. He made a big cage, just like the original experiment, but you have a big dirt with tunnels, with toys and food and other rats and plenty of sex with a bottle of water and a bottle of drugs. Yeah, some of the rats who tried to use some of the drug water, eventually they stopped using it because when you have a purpose in life, when you have connection with other people, when you have loved ones and food, you know, other things to pre confident there's a meaning in your life, people will stay away from it. A lot of times, we recently had, you know, we talk about music. I know Johan from Lincoln Park. You know, Chester Bennington died. He was sexually abused. He never recovered from that. So you're trying to kill or trying to numb and this damage you know there's terrible damage that, that happened to you uh, you you use alcohol and drugs to cope with it you know so these people are hurting you know so i i really want people to stop using i'm not going to tell people not to use the word junkie but these people are people need our help you know and like you know entertainment comedy stand up you know i think a lot of time they're just hurting and they're using drugs to cope with the pain that they're suffering um Opposite, you know, there's a great book. Uh, if anybody's interested, one of the great book about the drug, uh, uh, chasing for a scream. Yanis uh, Harry wrote that book. It's wonderful. Everybody, it should be required reading if you really want to understand what the drug war has done. And unfortunately, U.S. government have, and benefit from having a war. They don't really care about um, honesty about the drug issues. They're, every policy for the last hundred years, and it's been hundred years. It's 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 like a big government money making operation. Whether to have 
going after minorities, Latino, Asians, Chinese, and black people to put them in a prison, you know? So, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, hor- <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Shit. My bad, my bad. Yeah, so... Um, illegal, uh, so, uh, so where can people, until... Uh, people they, who they, can't get to the Sacramento show... Yeah, just check out everyone's so illegalcomedy.com and uh, I believe it's, it's called illegalmagazine.com for the uh, uh, London and Danish... Uh, website, but I am I am traveling the world. I'm going to Portugal because drugs are completely legal in Portugal, and the program works. Did you know that Portugal, if you're addict, the government instead of using the money to putting people in jail or going after them, if you're a mechanic, what they do is they go to local mechanics and say, hey, we would like you to help this gentleman with the drug problems, uh, history and rehab. Uh, if you let him work in your uh, shop we will pay half of his salary. So the shop are saying, hey, we're not just doing charity. If this guy's really good as they say that he is, it's costing us only 50% salary to get these people back. And they've been doing it for the last 17 years. Result is unbelievable. Way less overdose, way less crime, way less property crimes and prostitution. And people are finding meaning in their lives. So recently, Uruguay, uh, the state-sanctioned pharmacy are able to sell marijuana too. And uh, this is counterintuitive, but because the way our uh, dear leader, President Trump, has been behaving, it's been easier and easier for other countries to say, shut the fuck up, we're not going to listen to drug policy. And it's, easy, it's, it's becoming easier to say no to U.S. heavy-handed drug policies, trying to uh, strong-arm this country to follow our policies. So in a funny, weird way, President Trump is kind of making it easy for a country to say, let's just legalize decriminalize drugs overseas, you know. Build that fucking wall. <laughs> Get those beans. Oh, sorry, my bad. But, uh, but you, should, you should talk a little bit more. You're coming back. You're graduating from fashion school. You're working in the fashion business. And, I, not, and nothing makes me happier when I see someone love L.A., visiting want to come here and me and, and Earl is a very when I when I moved here Earl was one of the first guy to welcome me you know he joked around but he welcomed me always trying to help me get stage time he he's a wonderful friend and he he loves LA he loves show business and he likes helping people and he, he he's the best you know one of the best things about LA when I, when I meet a guy like that he joked around but he he loves he loves helping people coming to LA and trying to reinvent themselves. He really is. Well, it's not that hard to be nice. It's a hundred times harder to be a dick. Dick, yeah. Or it just takes more effort to be a dick. Like, and every time you see Earl at the, uh, at the comedy show, come see him. Yeah, yeah I'll be there Sunday at midnight. Yeah. He he really is pressing the cob of words. I mean, he, he, when he does roast, and I love all the um, <laughs> references. It makes me laugh. Some of the dumb people don't get it, but you do a lot of funny reference, like almost like Mystery Science 3000 level references. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to do uh, the humor that you like doing, and then hopefully people get on board with it. Just yeah. always be someone who doesn't, and that's fine. Tell, yeah. So tell people like what you want to do, uh, what's your interest. I want to do stand up and uh, <laughs> oh my, in, bad, my she's, bad. She's in fashion. Give Talk. us your Twitter, all that, so people can find you though. Um, I only have Instagram. I'm Perfect. at Mina Doll. That's Emma Mary I N N A D O L L. So uh, send some requests, or uh, yeah, I guess you don't send requests. Follow uh, Mina, uh, but don't be any 
creepy. Just because Yoshi comes from the porn world <laughs> doesn't mean Mina is like into like triple fisting or whatever. And because you also work in the fashion business, and I think one of your uh, sister companies, Van, Van Shoes, or so which one was it? Sorry, I, I always get the facts wrong. Oh, I don't know if I can talk about that. Oh, so, okay, then never mind. <laughs> All right, okay. so you, you, she works in the fashion business. She likes stand-up. She's young. She's ambitious. And um, if you have some idea of uh, when she graduates, December? Yeah, December. You're graduating December. You're from Tennessee, but she want to come to L.A. So if you have any idea helping her find any job to come to uh, Los Angeles, it is a, I don't care what people say. I love Los Angeles. I've been to 55-plus countries LA is my favorite city. Well, and, uh, Axel was right. It's it's. Uh, I don't think a song uh, like "Welcome to the Jungle." I don't think there's been another song like "Welcome to the Jungle" that's encaptured yeah. what Los Angeles is about. Yes, like, and if you've seen the video for "Welcome to the Jungle," it's you know, early twenties Axel Rose getting off the bus, all these fucking freakers trying to rip him off. And is it the thirty? Is it thirtieth this year or next year? I, th I think it's uh, I think it's this year. Yeah. But, like the point is like you come to LA, it is a jungle. If you got the money, yeah. honey, we got your disease. Yeah. It's like might be the most true line ever written in a song. So, uh, yeah, it's my goal to help people who come here and you know and listen to his podcast because oh, he yeah. has a. You have so many musicians that survive in Sunset Boulevard. It's not easy. This is everyone. Everyone who's visiting thinks this is all fun and game, but. Believe me, people died on Sunset Boulevard. Oh, you know. River Phoenix yes. died on this street. Yes. You know, uh, I live on Larrabee. I don't know why I'm giving out my home street. Johnny Depp used to own the damn place. And, yeah, um, so, I mean, it's a... Uh, it's, I mean, if River Phoenix is dying, if the guy from Lincoln Park is killing himself, can you imagine what an open micer in Van Nuys is... I mean, they're, and I'm being actually quite serious, like, you know, if if the singer of a successful band, like yeah. Allison Chains, you know, Lane Staley, I mean, we could go, I mean, in the music world, we could go on and on. But it is also incredibly rewarding to come here because of some of the people that I met, you just like, wow, you know, it's incredible to meet them. And also, um, we have mutual friends from much success. And it is crazy when they find success here, the kind of lifestyle there. It just boggles my mind. You know, well, you can. Uh, that's the great thing about LA is uh, you can have the craziest idea, and if it's like the right people get behind it, you know, roast battles. Yeah, I hate to keep going back to that show, but it's true. Like, it's true. Roast battles start off with two open micers <clears throat> wanting to fight at an empty open mic, and Brian Moses says something to the effect of, "Well, you guys can't fight; we'll get in trouble. Why don't you snap on each other?" And it was Josh Martin and Kenny Lyon, two guys who don't get enough credit, because if it wasn't for them, there would be no roast battle. That's how it started. Yeah, two comics wanting to fight. Moses said, you can't really do that. And then I think the three or four people in the room, I was one of them. Uh, I think someone came back the next week at this <laughs> mic and said, hey, can I battle someone? I don't know if they said battle, but like, can I? Fight, verbal rough, fight, yeah. Rough fight or roast Bro or whatever. Verbal jousting, yeah. And, uh, and then the next week, uh after that it was hey can i battle yeah and then uh, i think one week i battled boon chakalaka oh jesus it was my first roast battle win. <laughs> yeah and a lot of people laugh at me and say you shouldn't really count that as a win he'd beat half the people in the top 50 yeah what i know uh we have to answer when did jeffrey ross get in the picture jeff came in about uh i think about three months in and uh 
He loved know. it. He must love that. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's a and that's back when we were wild. I mean, you yeah, know, it, it, we had a rule back then if it was two white comics battling, each of them got to say the n word once. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, myself, I was the house racist. And yeah, a big sign hung over my head that said "whites only." Yeah, um, funny thing is. One week they left it up there by accident. Yeah. And the next night on Wednesday, there was like an all black show. And <laughs> people were like, what the fuck? Uh, so, I mean, the first two or three months, people, and I'm not bragging, but it's true. People would come not necessarily for the battles, but to see me and Moses interact with each yeah. other. Because we would save these battles. It was not Jimmy Carr against yeah sarah tiana it was like but it was fucking real that's why people it was it. but it wasn't that funny yet because it was open micers who didn't have the skill set yeah or the joke writing to to look at someone else and go okay this guy's head looks like a pinata he's mexican yeah let's write that joke uh it was just you're fat well you're a fag oh okay who won that round this kind of reminds me when the ivy league used to start at the football program then terry roosevelt kind of kind of got in the picture where there had to be some measure of rules and eventually you were the founding founder of that stuff in, in a uh, comedy store and now geez to think like it started with two guys not liking each other into this gigantic yeah I mean, phenomenon just... because i even when i go like Canada or Washington State or New York, there's all this like roast battle shit just kind of like, you know, almost like a fight club that's spreading the whole country now. But no one's as like ours. Yes, um, of course. Just, no, and I know people say that to kind of protect their No, but show. you guys get some heavy hitters there, though. But I mean, like we get the wave, you know, the, which is Jeremiah, yeah. uh, Willie and Jamar and Haiti. Uh, no one else has that. There's a few that try and do like a yeah. wild section. It's not the same. Uh, not to mention you get heavy hitting judges. Oh, you yeah. know, like. But this is a show that's so good. You don't, in my opinion, you don't have to rely on celebrity judges. Yeah. In my opinion, you know, as long as the battles are good, that's all. You don't even need celebrities doing the the, the roast battles. Like, yeah. But yeah, it, is, it is fun to see them, though. Well, it's great to see yeah. someone like Todd Berry. Yeah. Uh, who killed, uh, you know, in my season, you had uh, Ralphie May and uh, oh, Stephen Azizi. Uh, but I think, you know, I'd almost also like to see just good battlers. Yes. Maybe they're not famous, but yeah, I think what the audience would like is two good joke writers going at it. Yes, sir. Um, but you know, the show's, you know, season three is coming and you know, it's a lot of good things happening still for the show. So, uh, you know, Jeff okay. Ross and Brian Moses deserve all the credit and yeah. You know, uh, myself in my own little way. Well, congratulations, Earl. I mean, you know, everything from like Grandma's Boy to work with uh, Roy Schreider. Oh, no, no, not Roy Schreider. Rob Schreider. Rob Schreider. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not getting all the names right. And, um, you know, for you, I've seen you go and like, you know, uh, it's great that, you know, everyone's I'm gone doing shit with Russell Peter David Hill, but like, it's always nice to see you. And um, it's, um, uh, surprised that we didn't talk any uh, hockey, but uh, yeah, well, it's uh, it's uh, August. Yeah, so trades. not a big hockey uh, month. I mean, trades perhaps, but um, well, um, yeah, I mean, Mina's from Nashville, uh, but you said that you weren't that upset predator, that right? they didn't won uh, the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I don't sports, unfortunately. But like even you, someone 
like a beautiful girl like you who's not a hockey fan even you probably loosely followed the predators like when they were winning when they were going to the finals i mean the city must have been going nuts yeah uh fortunately i i missed all of that i was out of town for work so (laughs) i didn't have to deal with all the traffic and stuff we can just edit that part out (laughs) but i mean it is wild that a southern a team from the south uh you know got to the it's very contrary twitter because you just don't think south and hockey well, but no. the, there was that one year, I think. Tampa Bay won, right? Tampa Bay won. Then the next, I don't know if it was the next year, but it was either uh, the next year or the year after the Carolina Hurricanes won. Yeah. Um, Crazy. So uh, it's just Well, funny. but then again, we had a black president and Trump, so anything, anything's possible. <laughs> I mean, Anything's yeah. possible in America and in LA. Or anything is impossible. Yeah. Uh, so, well, guys, guy and girl, uh, this was a fun Please help her. And uh, Earl, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, You got any shows coming up other than the one on uh, the uh Just that and a bunch of shitty sh- stuff in between. But cool. Yeah. We'll see those shitty shows out there. Um, I want, uh, when we when we do make it happen with Sam Tripp, we'd love to have you on the show. And yeah, this drug thing is going to be like, I'll be working on the side, you know, besides stand-up. But uh, thank you for letting me ha- do your show. And uh, yeah, hope to... Uh, can't wait to see you again at the comedy store. Absolutely. Now, both of you give out your uh, social media. Say it slowly, though. Uh, okay. Yoshi, you, it, sometimes you talk like you have buffalo balls in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. It's Yoshi Obayashi. It's so Y O S H I O B S in boy A Y A S H I. That's for my Twitter and Instagram, Facebook as well. And my email is dumbyoshi, D U M B. Y-O-S-H-I at gmail.com. And if you have any idea for stories, a video clip, anything regarding drugs, even in story about your particular town, city, and state, love to hear any article about drug-related stuff because I'm just curious. And uh, I am going to Juarez, Mexico, November, uh, after we do a show in Phoenix, uh, Off the Cuff Club, um, November 11th so I'll be in Juarez like November 13th or 14th don't drink the water I'm visiting with a friend and I it's bet. one of the most dangerous cities in the world supposedly but uh, I'm going to go and check it out for a day and uh, I'm always, always interested in visiting any city for comedy and but especially any sort of like a major drug issue um, Ohio West Virginia Baltimore Florida uh, so let me know uh, and thank you for having me on the show all right. And I'm at Mina doll on Instagram. It's M I N N A D O L L. I'd love to hear from you. And thank you so much guys for letting me join in on your podcast. Oh, thank you. Welcome to LA. I mean, I know you're going back to finish up school, but, uh, when you come out here, we'll have you on maybe, uh, get a, you know, some kind of a job search there for you. And, uh, you know, this has been inappropriate Earl SoundCloud and iTunes. We got some, uh, we got some guests coming in the future. We got uh, Ralphie May when we can. Oh, wow. Ralphie's the best. Uh, and then, oh, wow. uh, yeah, he's and Ralphie May is like if everyone in the world of comedy were like him, it, there'd be no worries. And uh, hopefully, Stephen Piercy from Rat coming back. Uh, we got some uh, more musicians trying to line them up. I know sometimes we talk a little bit heavy roast battle, but uh, it's it's a fascinating. Awesome. It's a fascinating show still, so that's why we talk so much about it. Uh, hopefully, Jeff Ross one day uh, get him on the pod because uh, he's the ringleader. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, keep these episodes pumping, try and do one a week. Sometimes it ends up being more, sometimes less. Like I said, I 
you guys know the drill by now. People come to my house. I don't go to them. So sometimes it's hard to get people uh, up here, but I'm doing my best. So uh, Inappropriate Earl, please leave a review on iTunes, and we'll see you on the dark side. Please.